Welcome to the Enneagram 2.0 podcast. I'm Beatrice Chestnut. And I'm Uranio Pais. And today we're talking about the Enneagram and resilience. I guess we need to start with defining what resilience is and how it relates to the Enneagram. Resilience is a term that became popular be around the 80s and 90s when it came to psychology and inner work because before it uh, was a term used uh, only in industries like uh, if you have a material like foam that is more resilient or less resilient like in a pillow or not you know if if it comes back to normal um quickly or not and then that was a concept that started being applied to psychology and uh, emotions So resilience in practice is the capacity to get over things that are specifically difficult for you that pushes your bottoms a lot um and coming back to normal and uh working through things in a way that you, you don't stay hooked to that issue for too long. Yes, it's like the ability to bounce back, the ability to withstand pressure or stress and stay functional, the ability to weather different kinds of challenges and kind of keep going um to be able to bounce back from many different kinds of different difficult experiences. Yes, exactly. And on this sense, resilience has a lot to do with learning how to manage our reactivity, which is something vital to learn uh when it comes to inner work. However, be I want to ask you if, uh, one specific thing. I have an impression that at times when people don't know the enneagram that they think that a few types are resilient while they are actually just doing their thing uh, like uh, being on ego and uh, using their normal uh, easy mechanisms like defense mechanisms and the passion and fixation of type as we have described in other podcasts which we could call like being a functional resilience in life but not something that um, demands the person to do inner work and and to do that job of learning how to manage reactivity and come back to normal do, do you agree with this do you see it the same way i do and i guess the way i would put it is that the personality itself is a defensive structure it's designed to help us survive in life survive our childhood um navigate through experiences and in some ways what it does a lot is it protects us um from you know psychological hurt uh, emotional hurt uh from in some ways different kinds of pain and so i think what you're saying is the ego or personality itself uh can be something that helps us be resilient or stay functional even under stress or when we're going through difficult experiences but the way the personality does that can be in some ways again i think the a good word is functional it allows you to kind of keep going however that's not always a good thing for your say psychological health 
In other words, sometimes our defenses, while they help us manage reactivity or or bounce back from a, a big reaction, or they help us withstand stress, in some ways, it that very defensive activity can actually be bad for us in the long run. In other words, um, maybe we get used to bearing too much stress or pressure. The personality helps us get through it. Differentiate as we talk about resilience in the Enneagram types is a kind of ego-driven resilience um, that's functional but not always healthy and a kind of higher level resilience, the kind of resilience that you develop through conscious inner work, through developing yourself, uh, being more intentional, being more self-aware, learning to develop resilience that ultimately helps you be healthier. Not only are you able to withstand stress or get through uh, times of emotional reactivity or pressure, uh, but you do so as a way of growing, as a way of coming out on the other side, uh, being even more capable to handle things as opposed to just having kind of resorted to going back into your usual defensive posture, which can be, again, functional, it can be useful, it can get you through it, which is a good thing to a point, but can also be destructive. Does that make sense? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it does. And I liked your explanations, actually. And I believe be that this functional resilience that we're talking about is a resilience that is good for all the people, for the world, for whatever system you participate in, like the organization you work for or your family. But it's not good for you as um, someone in search for self-development. It helps you actually stay stuck in your ego, right? But basically, I would say that there are two kinds of people here. Uh, one is, the, the first one is the one that is resilient when in personality or ego when the person is not yet uh, evolved or developed. And and the other one is the person who is resilient and very strong when in essence or when evolved, Um, like being really strong then. Um, So it's like it changes. The person who is resilient in this functional way when this person grows and gets in touch with the uh, dimension of essence or a higher self, then this person gets less strong to face stuff. There is a bigger vulnerability, sensitivity that wouldn't be called a resilience by most people who see them then. Um, but it's it happens the other way around for people who start not looking very resilient at first uh, in the beginning of their development. Does this make sense to you? Yes, it's it's as if we're saying there's sort of the resilience of the the false self, and there's a resilience of the true or higher self or essential self. And I do think that strength is a key quality of 
the higher self. And it's something that we achieve through doing inner work. Uh, and I think we might think of it in terms of different kinds of strength. Like, for instance, there's physical strength, there's emotional strength, and there's maybe what we might call mental strength, or it's sometimes called mental toughness. Uh, and I think all of these things can be things that we aim for when we're doing inner work, especially in terms of the Enneagram system, since it's we often talk in terms of the three centers of intelligence. And for instance, I think one aspect of someone who has done a lot of self-development work is they become emotionally strong or psychologically strong or mentally strong in that, for instance, they have the capacity to be more vulnerable, uh, but not in a way where it's a kind of vulnerability that it breaks them down, but it's a kind of ability to access vulnerability in a way that is actually very strong because they can be vulnerable, experience vulnerable feelings and work through them to get to the other side, which in, is a little bit paradoxical in that it takes great strength to be vulnerable. So this higher level resilience has to do with, I think, the capacity to experience difficulty, to feel the vulnerability of it, but to know how to uh, move through vulnerability in a strong way in order to uh, withstand a wide range of challenges because uh, there's no fault lines in a way. The person has visited maybe areas of difficulty inside themselves. This could be early childhood trauma, it could be just particular pain points that have to do with what type you are. But because you've visited them, you know them well, we often talk about uh, inner work as being about developing self-knowledge. Uh, if you know something about yourself, if you've processed it, let's say you've looked at it in therapy, you've understood where your vulnerability comes from and why you experience it the way you do, often that's exactly the kind of inner work that that makes you deeply strong in different ways uh, in terms of really understanding yourself, knowing what you need to do to support yourself, knowing what you need to do to um, just interpret and meet different challenging situations that you might experience and the reactivity it might bring up to the point where you can weather things uh, with, with, with uh, courage and strength, but also with sort of little little cost or less cost uh, because you know how to do it because you've done it before or because you understand what's happening in yourself to a level where you know what to do and you know how to get the support that you need to get to the other side. All these concepts will get clearer when we start now talking about each of the nine types. So don't worry if if this is sounding too abstract or complex for you, you are going to get this when we start talking about each of the nine types. Now, uh, when we do, we are going to talk both about that functional resilience and the higher level resilience. And uh, what is the situation of that for each type, right, B? Exactly. I think you're right that this will become clearer as we 
talk about examples, uh, talk about the specific types and how this plays out for, for them. So we'll talk about um, type 8 and all the types in terms of a kind of ego functionality resilience and a higher level resilience. So do you want to start by by talking a little bit about how you see type 8s in terms of resilience um, when they're more identified with personality or operating from you know a relatively average to lower than average level of development like how resilient are they how does it show up uh, what can you say about it uh, usually I see that eights are quite resilient uh, functionally like in that functionally ego driven stance and um, you know uh, as a coincidence I had today a session an individual session with an eight person. And um, it reminds me now how eights can be resilient. And I think that you and I be decided to record this theme about resilience because we are recording this during the pandemics and people are isolated in their places. And I saw this eight person being so resilient to that, despite the fact that he was missing going out and being more active but he he was making things happen uh, all the way the same way and uh, not being really in touch with how hard it had been for him during the pandemics now if you analyze the whole history of that person you will see how resilient he was like a very poor family and then thriving out of so much effort, starting working early, uh, studying much more than others, sacrificing so many things, being very combative and uh, being someone greatly interested in making things happen and working very, very hard. And uh, when there was something like... Uh, drawback um, the the person wouldn't stop and would do even more and so that is what usually the world calls resilience but we know that it's ego for AIDS it's the eight is denying vulnerability and not staying in touch with pain sadness fear uh, insecurities and this is what is allowing the eight person to do and also the last of expanding the energy and believing that they are never tired or they have even more energy than when there are challenges and so this is all ego for eights so while it's functional and can produce beautiful um uh, examples of overcoming big obstacles in life and while it can also be helpful for everybody else for the eight it's also tricky because the person can get more fixated on lust and all the rest of the eight ego but what do you think B? yes i agree i think the ego level resilience comes from a kind of belief in their own invincibility, uh, a tuning out weakness and vulnerability, a denial of that, 
And certainly if you're denying your weakness or vulnerable feelings, it is going to make you more able to exert strength, uh, to be strong, to handle a lot. And certainly eights often, you know, you know, work too much. They don't register their physical limitations. They don't uh, uh, recognize their fragility as human beings. They tend to be a bit superhuman when it comes to working a lot. And they also tend to, you know, work hard and play hard. So they may eat too much. They may drink too much. They may um, engage, as you said, in excessively in different kinds of activities that aren't necessarily good for them. Uh, but, but be someone who can take a lot and stay, keep going and, and stay strong as we typically think of it. But of course, at a deeper level, we know that it's not always good for them to exert so much strength, that kind of brute force kind of strength, that kind of, I can do anything and, and I'll bring any amount of strength to bear to tackle any challenge. They often don't see that they're hurting or they don't acknowledge their emotional or physical vulnerabilities. And ultimately, that can mean that they don't do well if there's too much uh, pressure on them. But it, of course, it takes a lot because eights are very strong. And as a matter of fact, when eights grow and develop more meaningfully, they get less resilient. And that is good for them might not be as good for other people who got used to them being strong, but for them, it's pretty good. So how is that thing that they get less resilient? It's because they feel much more sensitive. They feel touched and moved and hurt more easily. They are more in their hearts. They are slower. They are much more emotional, even, even sweet, mellow. So they are more sensitive and also they don't expand the energy as much and they, they, they don't think that they can do everything anymore. So that wouldn't be called by most people resilience. It is another kind of resilience, but uh, we won't call it resilience here. And uh, in practice, they become beautifully non-resilient. When they grow. Well, I guess I would say it differently. What I would say is they become even more resilient ultimately because they develop strength in touch with vulnerability. In other words, they develop uh, a truer kind of strength uh, instead of being sort of a kind of brute force or a just a, a strength that comes from denial which is, you know, going unconscious to part of their experience, they develop strength that comes from a more conscious place in touch with vulnerability, in touch with sensitivity. So it's not, I don't think being sensitive or vulnerable necessarily makes you weak it, or not resilient. I think um, it gives you the opportunity to develop a deeper resilience that comes, for, for instance, if you can um, appear strong by not being in touch with your hurt or your pain, that's one thing. But if you can be strong uh, in touch with your hurt and your pain and ha have the ability to feel all that and rise above it and manage challenge, 
and bounce back, I think that's true resilience. That's a higher level kind of resilience that we're talking about that comes from uh, being in touch with all of your experience uh, and being able to handle things from a from a more conscious place as opposed to a place where you're denying uh, vulnerability, which ultimately isn't always going to work. Right. I agree with you completely. And I think it was well said. And we many times say that when we AIDS grow, they become non-reactive. That's a key aspect of the virtue of innocence that they get back in touch with. Well, that's a key point I just want to mention that I think it's the non-reactivity that is key to this higher level resilience we're talking about. The ability to notice what your reactions might be, but not fully give yourself over to them, right? So eights eights are often overcompensating in strength for not being in touch with vulnerability, which isn't as resilient ultimately as the resilience that comes from being in touch with vulnerability and being able to develop Let's do a short break. If you're interested in the types, the subtypes, the Enneagram generally, or the growth paths of each of the types and subtypes, you won't want to miss a special panel event that we have coming up. Uranio and I are going to moderate an online version of panels of six people for each type, two people of each subtype, on three Saturdays starting in mid-January. So we want to tell you about this because the early bird pricing expires on December 15th. And you might want to visit cpenneagram.com backslash calendar to sign up. Anything else? If you like this podcast, visit www.cpenneagram.com for much more great Enneagram content. Please click on like to help spread the word about our podcast. So let's talk about nines. How can nines be functionally resilient at the ego level? What what does that look like for them typically? Well, I believe that nines are highly resilient functionally and on the ego level. Because uh, while nines can be a little indecisive, while they can be, you know, uh, self-forgetting, or not very, they don't come across as being very strong or in charge. At the same time, they, in personality, like on ego, they have this incredible force already of people who hold so much of everybody's pain, everybody's problems, and they listen to everybody, and they, they are there with a steady presence and also the resilience of having this constant mood. They are not moody. They are people who are strong and who are always there to help and do. And they don't complain much. They they don't whine at all. So I think that functionally speaking, nines are very resilient. And that is a very interesting case because when they grow and develop more meaningfully and from a psycho-spiritual perspective, they get even more resilient. They they find themselves as being 
very strong, like the strongest, the most energized of all types, which is not how they feel in the beginning, though. Yes, I, I agree. I think uh, at the ego level, or personality level, nines can be quite resilient. They tend to be pretty grounded uh, in a different way, but similar to eights, they can kind of go to sleep to some of what might be painful or registering painful things. So they can be grounded and have a kind of toughness that comes from not fully registering all the elements of pain that might be happening. And they can, in some ways, bring strength to bear in terms of being adaptable, um, being able to go with the flow, being able to kind of bend with what happens, but not break. So what about at the higher level? Uh, how, how do you view nines being resilient when they've done inner work and they achieve a kind of higher level resilience? What is that like? Well, as I, I was starting saying, nines get really energized and they have abundance of energy, and they just go do things without any hint of doubt that they can make things happen. They get so self-confident at that time. They can also be, like, really come across as being strong. Like, if you get a nine in touch with the virtue of right action, as we call it on the Enneagram, you'd better not be in front of the nine because you'll see steps on your back. Like, nines will, will really be strong and will be unstoppable, as we say. And they are focused and they go do that one thing and nothing at all will convince them that it will be hard to achieve what they are going for. So that's a little bit how I see the higher level resilience for nines. Yes, I think the higher level resilience for nines comes from being more in touch with their power. Uh, when they're in personality, they can just be more passive and the resilience can come from not fully registering the depth of their experience inside. But when they get more in touch with themselves, uh, when they get more in touch with their bodies, more in touch with their emotions, uh, when they own who they are, I think that gives them access more to, for instance, anger and the power that anger can bring and more in touch with their desires and more in touch with their ability to take action on their own behalf and to make things happen. And of course, nines tend to be a bit more uh, modest or humble, even in personality. And so um, don't sometimes don't they don't have as much that gets in the way of just kind of doing what needs to be done. Uh, from a, a kind of grounded, humble place, but then from that higher level uh, experience, it's there's just more power behind it. As you said, more energy or, or more of a feeling of being energized and directed and focused on what they need to do. So let's talk about type ones and resilience. On the ego level uh, or the personality level, what would you say about ones being resilient in a functional way? I think they are pretty resilient on a functional way on the ego level, which 
um, makes all body types very resilient. Uh, perhaps we could say that body types are the ones in general that find it easier to be resilient naturally. Um, but ones are resilient because they um, they don't give up. They keep going. They do. They trust that they can make things better, and and they're pretty self confident in the inside. It's a bit different for self preservation ones, but still, ones go do, and they they um, usually um, very quickly get to almost a certainty of what needs to be done. They don't doubt much. And they go, uh, they are opinionated and they don't stop. And if someone stops, they get critical on that. Uh, so it's really, really uh, remarkable to see how ones um, keep going in many circumstances. Although they can also become a bit perfectionistic and and um, go become a bit more process oriented, or even at times procrastinate a bit just to make things even better than they already are, but I don't think that is lack of resilience at all. So I think they are pretty resilient. What about you? Yes, I think one's resilience comes from the strength that builds up in them over time uh, when they withstand all the self-criticism that they uh, impose on themselves. In other words, it, it takes a lot to kind of keep trying to do the right thing and keep trying to um, improve in the face of it kind of internal self-punishment that can be a bit intense or harsh. Uh, and of course, ones often just take it for granted that this is what they should do, what, what, what's appropriate to kind of keep themselves in line or keep themselves doing the right thing. Um, and of course, it, it ultimately is not good for them to be so self-critical, but it can also build up a kind of uh, willingness to keep going, willingness to put in a lot of effort uh, to work really hard to get certain results or make things good or uh, keep going in the face of challenge. Uh, and again, I think it's both the, the the strength that builds up through needing to withstand a lot of self-monitoring and self-criticism, uh, but I think it's also a really strong ethic around doing the right thing uh, or needing to make a lot of effort to um, make things as good as they can be, to make things perfect. Like you said, um, the image that's coming to me is one that a friend of mine who's a self-preservation one often describes to describe his experience, which is um, that of Sisyphus, the god who rolled a big boulder up a hill. <laughs> uh, he said he often feels like he's rolling this giant boulder up a hill uh, trying to make things the way they should be. And sometimes when he gets there and he has the experience that it's not quite as good as it he wish it, it wished it had, it's like the boulder rolls back down again and he has to start all over again. So I think there is that sense of effort, that sense of 
willing to do whatever it takes to make something as good as it can be or to make the world a better place uh, that I think is part of the resilience that comes from ones. In other words, they'll just keep going. They'll meet the challenge because they've got this internal ethic that they, they need to do that, that that's how they earn love or they earn love through being virtuous. And um, they apply a lot of effort to, to make that happen in their lives. So what would you say about uh, ones who do inner work, what what is the higher level resilience that they can achieve when they do a lot of work on themselves? What does that look like and how is it different? I don't think that ones get less resilient at all, but they might look less resilient, at least in the interpretation of people who don't exactly know what's going on in the inside for once. Why does this happen, that someone can think that ones get less resilient, although they aren't? Um, that's because ones become more flexible. They let things go more easily. They, they are less stubborn. They insist less on a, a, a specific course of action. And they are lighter. So it's like they accept things as they are, and they might give up trying to make them better. But that's not actually lack of resilience. It's that they are more peaceful, more relaxed, less imposing of that uh, version of what they thought was the right thing. And they decided to fight just the better fights and... Um, to be a bit more accepting of self and others. So that has to do with what we call serenity. They become more serene. Serenity is the virtue of ones. They become more serene. But being serene is not being less resilient. It's just another state of being in the inside that is much, a much higher level than the anger that ones have on ego. What do you think? I think when ones do inner work, they actually become more resilient or more deeply resilient because they stop wasting energy and strength on imposing rigid standards on themselves. So I think when we're when we when we criticize ourselves, I think although we can put pressure on ourselves to do the right thing, which can look like resilience. I think we're actually taking a lot of energy that could be used to meet real world challenges um, and almost you know, throwing it away on a kind of needless self-monitoring or self-punishing. So I think ones become more deeply resilient because it's almost like they use the energy they have more efficiently. And isn't there, the thing I'm thinking of now is the idea that when, when something can bend, it doesn't break. Uh, if you have something that's more rigid uh, under pressure, it will break. Whereas if you have, just like in, I live in California and we have earthquakes here, buildings that aren't earthquake retrofitted when they haven't been built to withstand earthquakes, what happens is, is they break, they fall over. Whereas when you build a building that 
can withstand earthquakes. You build something into the foundation and into the actual building itself that helps it move with the earth, <laughs> that helps it kind of be flexible and and go with the, the, the flow of the movements instead of resisting that because of rigidity and breaking. So I think there's a way that one's become more relaxed, they become more flexible, and that allows them actually to be more resilient because they're resourceful and they're, they do put in effort, but it's like their strength can go to the right efforts and have the right effects instead of um, putting extra pressure on themselves, putting extra stress into the situation that doesn't really need to be there. Like I'm thinking of my brother right now during the pandemic. Um, he has actually been doing quite well because um, he's not really in a lot of anxiety. He's not really in a lot of you know, emotion or uh, internal state that would be, say, reactive to, you know, the real world conditions that it would be natural to feel, you know, fear or anxiety about what's happening or about his, you know, the welfare of his family. He's actually having a bit more fun. He's having more time to do things and, and playing more with his son. And so I think there's a way that he's actually weathering the situation really well and using his strength in wise ways and almost having a kind of ability to not indulge in certain kinds of reactivity that might uh, just, again, put, put more pressure on him than actually needs to be there. So let's talk about twos, twos and resilience. So now we're moving more into the heart triad. And so there might be a more emotional piece in terms of what we're talking about naturally with the heart types. But what would you say about twos when they're in ego or personality uh, how might they be resilient um, from that level of awareness? Well, I do think there's this two thing about being superhuman. Um, and of course, it comes from pride, but it also comes from the really strong motivation you have to support other people, to to um, have good relationships. Uh, and often that means being resourceful in finding ways to um, to to make things happen for people to be someone who can take on a lot uh, because of course twos have a hard time saying no. Uh, so it might be working overtime to support people who are having a hard time, or it might be. Um, finding different ways of, of connecting with people if some of their usual ways are taken away or somehow not available. And I do think there, there can be an, a kind of emotional strength that comes from wanting to be there for people no matter what. Uh, so I've often had this sense of myself of being emotionally strong, like I can handle anything because I need to be able to handle anything because I need to be able to uh, show up for people in different circumstances, no matter what's happening. Um, so, you know, sort of priding myself a bit on, you know, if a good friend calls at any time of day or night and needs something, I will be there. Now, I don't necessarily want to be there for everybody in that way. But if, you know, people who are really special to me, 
um, if someone asks me for a favor, you know, I can move heaven and earth to make it happen. It doesn't really matter what toll it might take on me or what it requires of me. Uh, I'll put in that effort because um, it's a way of expressing love. It's a way of expressing um, how much someone means to me. Uh, and so in difficult circumstances, twos can kind of show up and really put more pressure on themselves to do whatever it takes uh, to, uh, and again, it's, it's a little bit of a cliche with twos of, to help people, but I think also to connect with people to, uh, to be doing something for someone that they really need. For instance, you know, I, I've been busy lately, but a good friend of mine, um, uh, contacted me the other day and, you know, we're, we're having a difficult political situation here. Not only in this is the pandemic raging, but there's so much political division and that causes stress in our world today. And she was infuriated by a, a woman who wrote a letter to the editor in her local newspaper. And this woman had been writing a lot of letters and my friend was reading this and has very strong political opinions. And she said, I have to write something back to this woman. Like, I can't stand it anymore. I want to write a letter to the editor kind of arguing with this woman or arguing the other side. And she knew she and I are on the same team politically. And, and we feel very strongly uh, about things in the same way. And so she wrote, she texted me and said, um, you're a better writer than I am. Will you write a letter to the editor, this person? And she said, I know you're busy, but you know, I'm really, I'm really infuriated. So um, I really, really wanted to do that for her, both because she's important to me, but also I really resonated with how she was feeling. Uh, and so I, even though I was busy that day, I took some time to write a letter of, to the editor for this, and it ended up being too long. And so then I had to spend more time making it shorter, but I absolutely um, love doing it because it was something I would want to do anyway. And I, and I, and I, I got a lot out of it myself. Uh, being there when she asked that of me. So I think all of these things are, are part of how I see twos being resilient, you know, at an ego, at a functional ego level, if not a higher level. Um, anything you would add to that about twos? Well, I agree with all that you said about how twos can be resilient. And I see you as being so resilient in so many ways, B. Uh, and at the same time, I, I just want to say that when twos get uh, sensitive, and they can get very sensitive, uh, although they can um, they can cope with so much emotion, as you said, they can also feel very hopeless or feel like giving up and feeling like they they won't be able to go ahead in some form. Uh, so that's when they lose resilience. And when the two is a bit more in that, I think that I wouldn't say that they are particularly resilient in that functional thing. And also I see situations like with clients when they, um, sometimes when, when something bad happens in the relationship professionally, then they are not as resilient to keep focusing on what needs to be done. Not always they are like that. It's it's like they 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 say how much they feel hurt, and it's very hard to keep going, keep doing, 
if there is a problem on on a relationship, if something said something to them that was not in the best way, and so on. But usually that goes away not in a way that's not too difficult. Also, yes, I definitely think. Uh, dealing with difficult emotions can make it harder for twos to be resilient. And it's a little bit like what we talked about with eights and nines, where twos can also repress emotions. And sometimes they'll repress, repress emotions to get through something. And so the resilience can come from not being in touch with emotions. Um, however, that's, that's a functional thing. It's not always good for them. Uh, uh, and so maybe it would be a good time to pivot to talking about how twos can be resilient at a higher level after they've uh, done more development work and know themselves better. I think that come the resilience there when the when a two is more integrated comes from being able to feel the emotions and not repress them, but also not feeling so emotional, whether it's feeling hurt or too angry or sad. It's about getting strength from being able to cope with the feelings in a positive way. And again, I think when we're in touch with our emotions, that gives us information about who we are, what's important to us. It can be a source of passion. Uh, a little bit like I talked about with my friend, part of what made me able to write that letter and 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 do that was my uh, feeling of love for her. Um, but it, on the other hand, it's it, it you know the the feeling part, like you said, can be a source uh, of sort of uh, you know ways of not being resilient. And I think the challenge for twos is to really get in touch with their feelings and get in touch with their needs because sometimes twos aren't in touch with their needs and the functional level ego resilience is sometimes a kind of papering over a weak point Uh, and you can paper over it and get through it you know maybe in the short term but in the long run there's a there are weak points in your ability to be resilient but when you do when twos do the higher the work to get to a higher level of awareness um, the strength comes from being fully in touch with emotions and even getting power uh, from those emotions, power of clarity, power of love, the power of dedication and devotion. All of these things, I think, can ultimately make twos more resilient because they really mean it when they do something or they can draw on reserves of strength and emotional courage. Um, but that needs to come from a full awareness of feelings and that kind of uh, development of strength of dealing with feelings. Like I know myself during the pandemic, I've been dealing with some very difficult feelings. And for a while, it felt like I was going up and down. Like there were times when I was down, like really an ego where I was in an emotional state that was, I think, like you said, definitely not resilient, just sort of needing to be by myself and um, cry or lick my wounds or feel bad and very much from a kind of ego wound kind of way. Whereas when I, as I've been able to cope with that, understand it, move through it, I've then experienced times and not all the time, but sometime when I feel like in a higher place, when I feel like I have a wider perspective, when I see, yes, I have those feelings, but 
but I I don't have to be completely taken down by those feelings. I don't I can see from a wider uh, point of view that those feelings are important and they allow me to get in touch with my depths, but. Um, I can move beyond them and not and develop. It's almost like going to the gym and when working a muscle of being able to have the feeling, but not have it take you to a dark place or a downward spiral or something that definitely is not resilient. Uh, But, but by doing the inner work of getting in touch with feelings, accepting things, learning to, and I think this is a tough one for two, probably the twos, probably the hardest. And I know this has been a challenge for me, learning to get over things, learning to let things go. Like if someone's hurt you, um, learning to go beyond it. And, and I think sometimes we twos, we can sort of stay in that, in that hurt as a way of protecting ourselves. Like, okay, I'm going to remember that that person hurt me. So I don't let it happen again, but it keeps you in a kind of a place of reactivity, of defensiveness, of, of even, um, uh, you know, not wanting to forgive. And that just takes up more energy. Uh, and so when twos can, do the work of moving through feelings and getting to the other side and letting that experience make them emotionally strong, but not, uh, but, but less reactive. I think, I think that helps them. So I've, I've said a lot. Um, what would you say about twos and a sort of higher level resilience that they might be capable of? So on the higher level, twos get in touch with humility. And when they do, they, they feel a little less emotional, they feel a little less active, more receptive, they admit their limitations, their um, own pain, their own needs, and by doing so, they may look less resilient, less out there in the world doing things and making things happen happily. Um, so that is the image that they may pass, but it's not that they are less resilient. It's not that they are giving up on things, that they are just less energized. It's just that their energy is turning inwards and they are not um, only in their hearts. They are in their whole bodies and connected to something higher. And uh, I think that is pretty resilient in other ways, like resilient to be able to um, not inflate their chest and their ego and and to think high, too high of themselves and resilient to be able to say, I'm not that important and uh, I'm just a grain of sand here on this infinite universe. Uh, that is resilient in a way. I'm really glad that you highlighted humility there because I think that is a really important piece. Um, and it's it's a little bit more of a quiet power that twos get uh, of being more anonymous, not having to be so important um, that actually can be a source of strength. So let's talk about type three. How would you describe threes in terms of resilience at the ego level? Well, I think threes are resilient in the ego level, usually with that uh, go-get, go-do approach of life. Uh, Also not complaining much and keep going, keep doing, never giving up and putting a lot of effort in everything. Uh, 
So that is resilience. And threes don't stay for too long in any downside. Even depression at times, threes like overcome it in a week or two, you know, uh, sometimes. But we know that it's all a bit fake when it comes to a a more uh, comprehensive understanding of all that process. It's like they are pushing emotions away. It's not that uh, they feel all confident in the inside. It's more an image thing that they want to convey to everyone. And they are adapting for the sake of success, but not necessarily being internally resilient. Now, when it comes to the uh, more popular concept of resilience, though, when people see threes, they think they are one of the most resilient. And I wouldn't disagree with that. I just think we need, we all need to understand a bit more about the threes process to be able to judge better. Yes, I, I think that the resilience in threes at the personality level has to do with you know, as you've said, having a large capacity to overwork, to go and go and go. And that's just a big part of the type three personality of even enjoying the activity uh, and, and also having an unconscious mechanism where they are working hard because they again, at an unconscious level, don't want to leave room for feelings. So that can also be a source of resilience at the ego level of not leaving room for the emotions that might um, interfere with a kind of resilience if we see resilience as kind of going and going and going and being able to exert a lot of effort even under difficult circumstances. Um, so, you know, threes tend to be workaholics, uh, and it can be hard for them to moderate their pace and not be strong in the world and not work and work and work. And I I think that that high level of activity that they just get used to, um, makes them very resilient. It's almost like, okay, there's more effort needed. I'll just put more effort in. I need to work longer to get something done. I'll just do it. Uh, so there can be a kind of uh, ego resilience that comes from that personality pattern. What would you say in terms of threes being at a higher level after they do inner work? What does resilience look like for threes then? I think it looks like staying in touch with all very intense emotions that then flow through them without pushing them away out of fear of not being productive or whatever other fear they may have. It's the the emotional resilience of staying with the heart open, even if I feel so much pain that sometimes is actually universal and collective, not only mine. It's the resilience of having the heart open in in a hard world. Uh, And also threes at that point are resilient when it comes to trusting that things will happen at the right time, the right way. And if they don't happen, it's because they shouldn't happen. So they are resilient then in terms of not go do something out of impatience and out of not trusting that things will be okay. 
it's a totally different kind of resilience than they display in personality and ego, but it's still big time resilience. Although people who look to that without knowing what a three in essence is might mistakenly not call it as resilience. Yes, I, I, I think that's a really important point that threes actually develop much more resilience when they work on themselves, but it looks really different. It's like they get access to a wider range of resources, like their emotions. Um, being emotionally strong, uh, as we've talked about, can be a source of resilience. Being in touch with emotions and drawing on emotions to know what's important to you or uh, to be devoted or passionate about an effort that you're making in some ways that it's like that draws on a higher level kind of energy uh, instead of the energy of ju I'm just going to keep going, even though this isn't important to me at some, at a deeper heart level in some ways can take more energy than the effort that comes from this being a really heart based experience or uh, something I feel motivated uh, to do from a deeper place. Also, I think when threes take care of themselves better, when they, you know, get more in touch with their need for self-care, they get healthier, you know, more physically healthier. And so it's not just a matter of uh, work overworking. It's a matter of working smarter and, and balancing work with the things they need to do to take care of themselves. For instance, Although threes can look really resilient in personality because they do so much and they work so hard, uh, what often happens with threes is they work so much that they have some sort of a breakdown. Uh, they may get ill or get an injury or just not be able to get out of bed one day. Um, and that doesn't happen when threes are more uh, developed they have a more of a source of self-support. They know more what they need and they don't just overdo it to the point of breakdown. Uh, they can actually, again, work smarter, work better um, because they're taking care of themselves and they're often more connected to people. So they can draw on more support from relationships as opposed to uh, being harder to connect with because they're being so strong. And one more thing I would say is, that I think that during the pandemic, some threes have had a particularly hard time because it's like a forced stoppage. Uh, you know, the work has shifted the way we do work. And I think for some threes that were so good at doing work in the old fashioned way, um, that's been hard, like to, to be forced to stop. Uh, but I think it's also with a lot of the threes, I know it's been an opportunity uh, when they see it that way to develop this other kind of resilience. So let's talk about type four. Um, how would you say that they are resilient at the ego level? I think that for fours, it, it, it re, it's really different per subtype. I think that uh, self-pressed fours are among the most resilient of all uh, 27 subtypes. Also, sexual force can be resilient, but uh, social force are not particularly resilient when it comes to to the more general um, common sense of what being resilient is. So I don't think there is one pattern only for force. Although 
I would say that there is this general resilience of being able to stay in touch with uh, hard emotions, with um, hard content, and staying in in touch with feelings despite the fact that that is hard. Yeah, I do think fours generally have a lot of emotional strength in that they're used to feeling deep feelings of many different kinds, and that gives them a kind of um, a high tolerance for being able to have different kinds of feelings get triggered and being able to navigate those feelings and draw on them as a source of strength. Uh, and again, not to not spend energy going against feelings. I think some types expend more energy than they might realize unconsciously defending against pain and different kinds of emotions. And fours, I think, can draw on a kind of strength that comes from being resilient in the face of pain. Um, and of course, self-preservation four is at the top of the list of the types that are sort of used to bearing a lot of pain and, and especially uh, not getting support and just sort of having to keep going. I also think that fours have resilience that comes from being creative and having intuition about what's going on at the emotional level and having the strength to uh, to face difficult situations and tell tr the truth and invite people to really look at what's not working uh, it, with a lot of um, dedication to really working things out and addressing problems. I think sometimes fours can be resilient in that way too. Like they can handle relationship issues. They have all, they bring they want to bring something up and work it through. They don't want to sweep things under the rug. And oftentimes, I think that helps them be more resilient, especially in the long run. So, what do you think about fours in terms of uh, higher level experience or higher level resilience? Well, when they truly grow and get closer to essence and to the virtue of equanimity, force get really stable. So it's the resilience of not allowing oneself to change mood according to what is happening or according to feelings. It's like detaching a bit from feelings in a good way, not allowing the feelings to dictate my own mood. Uh, knowing that there is a more stable side of me that doesn't need to change all the time how I feel and how weak I feel, because that is a shallower part of me, uh, which is not connected to my soul itself. So in touch with my soul, I can be completely resilient and not reactive to what is happening in life. Um, instead, I am just uh, flowing with what's happening with a total understanding that I don't need to change how I feel about that because I can be more in touch with the stable part of me and life because I'm in touch with my soul. Yes, I think at a higher level, fours, they develop more confidence. I think one of the things that can take away from resilience uh, for fours at the ego level is a sense of a belief in their own deficiency, uh, not valuing themselves enough, um, 
thinking of themselves as as not good enough. Whereas I think when fours work on themselves, one of the big things they need to do is own what's good in them and and see what's positive and and when they develop that confidence, it's like they have the the capacity to feel feelings deeply and and draw on a lot of emotional strength and capacity and empathy, uh, but also, as you said, rise above that and not allow feelings to destabilize them or take up all their energy, uh, but be able to feel their feelings and address feelings in the service of meeting challenges in life with more confidence and more belief in themselves. Uh, and and I think also they create stronger relationships. And so they both support others uh, better and they allow for more support for themselves which I think also uh, adds to a kind of resilience in, in that they can draw on connections, uh, which they tend to be good at when they're higher place uh, as a way of meeting challenges as well. Let's do a short break. Become a member now at Chestnut Pies Online for a lot more Enneagram content from B and Udanio. Sign up for the annual plan and get access to hundreds of audio files, videos, monthly online classes, articles, and even full online Enneagram workshops. It's a great value. Visit www.cpenneagram.com. B and Udanio teach in-person, inner work retreats and professional workshops all over the world. They happen twice a year in California, London, Shanghai, Sao Paulo, and Cairo, and sometimes in other countries and U.S. locations too. Hundreds of students from all places and levels of knowledge have joined these courses. You can see the full Chestnut Pies Enneagram Academy calendar of events at www.cpenneagram.com. So let's talk about type five, your type. Do you want to start talking about what you think makes fives resilient at the ego level? What what makes them functionally resilient? I believe that fives are resilient when it comes to hard situations, when they stay calm, when it comes to control and emotions, not to react much or to to do something silly or when it comes to trusting an idea or a planning, despite the fact that there are some signs that it's not working, like trusting that and sticking to it despite something. Or for instance, when there is a a setback, um, uh, like a client said something or uh, we lost a project or we, we, you know, there was an accident, anything like that, fives tend to be resilient with because they, you know, they have planned and also they, they stay calm in crisis. However, that happens a little bit, at least part of it, it happens a little bit because of the excessive mental energy and because of avarice, the, the passion of type five, which means I disconnect from my heart and I don't feel especially when there is something like a crisis. So I stay calmer because of Everest. So I don't think that that kind of resilience does the five uh, too good. And also in the inside, fives can feel very insecure, but does just not show that in the inside. Many times fives uh, question their own capacities, but in the outside, they 
people sometimes see a bit more even what they call arrogance and superiority which which doesn't feed always how the five is feeling in the inside perhaps also when there is this superiority thing people can interpret that as resilience or strength but it's not that it's just an insecurity that's been covered with uh, some um, um, tendency to affirm myself uh, by you know making everybody know how I, th I I have good ideas or good analysis so that is tricky Uh, but I think that fives can be resilient in the ways that I talked about, functionally speaking. When I think about fives and resilience, I think that they can be very resilient, exactly like you said, a little bit like the t other types that tend to not be so much in their emotions. There can be a kind of resilience that comes from being able to um, say, not feel all the pain or anxiety or emotion of a stressful situation. So fives, like you said, being, being able to be calm in a crisis, being able to be objective, to not, not feel some of the emotions that can make it harder to be resilient. Uh, and also to have a kind of objectivity, to have a kind of ability to see what's happening and plan and think through what's the best way to handle this. I think that's a lot of where the resilience comes from and being sort of mentally resourceful, I, I guess I might say. But of course, on the other hand, I think what can make it hard for fives to be as resilient as they uh, can be at a higher level when they're in personality is that this kind of a scarcity mentality or the ways they unconsciously cut themselves off from the nourishment of relationships and emotional connections that can actually give them more energy or, or more resources to be more resilient uh, at a higher level. What would you say about type five? How can they uh, be even more resilient once they do inner work? I think that fives, when in touch with higher uh, experiences coming from essence, get very energized. And that brings them a whole new level of self-confidence and um, capacity to be in life for whatever comes. Also, not avoiding things that uh, come uh, their way. So that brings them a whole lot more resilience. And they, as a consequence, are seen as being strong, present, uh, full of willingness to do whatever needs to be done without hiding away from things and people. So the resilience then also becomes a capacity to stay in touch, stay in relationships, stay communicating. And it's beautiful to see when fives get to that point. Yes, I think when they can um, be more in touch with themselves and in an emotional way, be more in touch with others, uh, they can bring both a kind of uh, mental strength, a kind of uh, high-level mental capacity Uh, to see things um, from such a broad point of view, to have so much ability to uh, think so deeply about things together with uh, a kind of 
a more confident sense of themselves, a, a higher level of comfort with themselves and with uh, the people around them that I think makes them even uh, more resilient. What would you say about type six and their ability to be resilient from the personality or ego level? So this is a very interesting case that when in touch with essence in the higher level, sixes are perhaps the most resilient of all, but it's it's different when they are in personality. I think that they believe they are not resilient. They believe they are not strong, that they won't be able to do something, which is um, a limiting belief. Uh, it's not really true. They are very strong, but they don't know it or they pretend they aren't. So sixes can lose resilient very much so when in touch with personality. They think that they won't be able to do something. They think that things will go wrong. They procrastinate or they, they, they try to get support from others and delegate their authority to outsource their authority to other people. So that's not really being resilient. But this is all different when they grow. What is your take on this? I agree with you. I think sixes can be a type that doesn't look resilient from the outside, um, especially the self-preservation, the social. Uh, they can uh, be self-doubting. And of course, it really depends on subtype in the case of sixes. Uh, but they can really focus on not being capable enough. Uh, they can see the ways they aren't up to the task. I think with social sixes, they can sort of overdo responsibility and strength to the point where they put strain on their own systems uh, because they're taking on too much and not seeing the ways they need to uh, go easy with themselves or maybe get more in touch with uh, their emotions. And I think sixes tend to not be so much in touch with their body or their hearts. Um, and that can make it so they don't develop strength in those areas. Uh, and again, this self-doubt and the questioning and the uh, lack of trust kind of in the world, it can make them expend a lot of energy on stress or anxiety and also give them a feeling that they, they're not up to the task or they can't do it because they're so in touch with the fear of things. Now, that said, I think sixes in practice tend to be very resilient, partly because they apply themselves so diligently to meeting threats and being prepared and solving problems and handling uh, what happens. So I think in practice, they tend to be more resilient than they think they are, or than they sometimes look like they are, uh, through, in a, in a way, a little bit like a three-ish way of just kind of really powering through and, and working hard to do things and be responsible and to, to you know, solve problems. So what about sixes at the higher level? What would you say uh, about sixes being resilient when they've developed themselves more and they develop a, a higher level resilience? Um, sixes are in practice the strongest of all types when they are evolved and in touch with essence. And therefore, they become the most resilient of all, in my view. It's just that they 
they get to be the opposite of who they show up as being in personality. So if in personality they they don't look resilient at all, uh, in essence, they are resilience itself because there is one um, higher aspect called the holy idea of strength that is typical of sixes. Sixes reconnect to that when they grow. And it feels like they are invincible, they are eternal, and nothing can harm them. So it's like keeping going despite anything. And even courage, the virtue of sixes, means uh, doing with an open heart, keeping going with an open heart, without any anything that stops them. Like fear is something that they bring uh, under their arms and they keep going instead of having fear in front of them blocking their way. Yes, when sixes work on themselves, they develop, or it's more like they own their strength that they had all along, but maybe didn't recognize. And it takes a lot of strength and resilience to live in fear as much as they do and to cope with fear in the ways that they do. When they work on themselves, they get to a place where they can rise above their fears, where they can have their fears, as you say, and move forward anyway. And then it's like they get a higher level of recognition of how much they're capable of, of um, how strong they really are, how courageous they really are. And they start to own their power and authority to have a bigger impact in the world. And they stop believing in their own uh, weakness or badness in some ways and really start being able to be resilient from a, a place of being more powerful. And And it, it, it's a nice kind of power with sixes because they also are, are I think, inherently humble. Um, and so it's a kind of power that's not an ego need to be seen as powerful, but just a, a deep sense of being rooted in their own strength and their own, you know, caring about things and their own desire to, uh, to, to do things well and to provide support for people uh, in, in a, I think, a way that can be very pure. So let's talk about type seven. What would you say about type sevens and resilience uh, when it comes to the ego level or the personality level? So I think this is one of the cases that people outside um, interpret as um, someone having more resilience than they actually do. Sevens, as we explained in other podcasts, uh, have this tendency to disconnect from suffering and from problems. They look uh, another way. They just uh, focus on what's positive. When they do so, it looks like they are being resilient, that they are not stopping what they are doing because of problems. It looks like they are just positive as something good that they have developed in life. Or for instance, when, when a problem happens, they rationalize it saying, oh, it's not too bad, and actually there was a good side to it, and I dealt with it, 
and then I forgot it. I left it because I will focus on the future and so on. So it, society values this kind of thing, but usually people don't know that sevens do it exactly because they are fearful and they are running away from facing uh, problems. And so I don't think that sevens are particularly resilient, really, but they are seen as if they were by many around. Um, if you think that the resilience is going ahead despite everything bad that's happening, then I would say that sevens are resilient. But if you think that resilience needs to include all the feelings about something and all the capacity to take in the hard thing that happened, then sevens aren't because they don't do that. And that is the um, functional resilience that we talked about, the ego um, part of it. And it's different in essence. But what do you think about this? Being? Yeah, I, I agree with you, especially the part about sevens can look more resilient than they actually are, uh, especially if you think of looking resilient like someone who looks positive and confident about things. So I think sevens are good at um, sort of being upbeat uh, no matter what uh, and having a sense that they can handle whatever happens and not really thinking too much about it. But in practice, I think because sevens tend to avoid really dealing with uh, their difficult feelings or difficult situations, Sometimes they haven't developed the resilience that comes from really engaging with challenge and moving through it and building a muscle to be able to deal with that kind of thing. Uh, it's like sevens typically kind of look for escape routes. They try to move on. They try not to dwell in difficulty. Uh, and so because of that, while they might look okay and while they might even consider that they are okay, they can avoid, I think, the challenges that would actually make them more truly resilient. They can just look like it on the outside. Now, on the other hand, I do think that that sevens are very resourceful, and they, I think, sometimes their confidence uh, serves them. It's it's like they have a belief that they can handle anything. Um, now, even if that belief comes from not being fully realistic, I think sometimes it still serves them. Sometimes what happens is because they believe, oh, I can handle anything that happens, uh, I'll fake it till I make it, or I will um, just kind of wing it if, if something happens, that actually sometimes serves them. And I think sometimes they can just sort of make it through somehow uh, by having a positive attitude. But I, I also think a positive attitude only gets you so far when the difficulty is of a, a deeper or more challenging kind. And I think sometimes then it uh, sevens can feel, have a harder time coping with the stress. Um, so, so that's the way I would see it. Now, what would you say about sevens once they do more inner work, uh, once, they, once they're at, at a higher level? They are very resilient uh, then when it comes to facing whatever life brings for them to leave. They don't question it. They don't run away. And they are also resilient when it comes to postponing gratification 
postponing pleasure pleasure moments and when it comes to staying focused they manage to do so because they learn the way to do it uh, when in touch with what we call the virtue of sobriety sevens are also resilient uh, in terms of harder emotions like sadness or fear they stay in touch with them without escaping without going to action activity or um, just being entertained by things in life so that is beautiful resilience that sevens develop uh, in this higher level yes and i i think it's it's a good way to look at this in terms of the opportunity sevens have to develop resilience because i think their growth path is all about developing more kinds of resilience um, for instance, like we're saying, I think when 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 sevens really focus on getting more in touch with the feelings that might be underneath that they habitually avoid, like anxiety or pain or sadness, um, when they have the opportunity to get in touch with those feelings and learn that they can feel them without being trapped in them, when they learn to, as you say, focus and and feel things through to the end or really engage more deeply in whatever's happening in the present moment, it's like then they can really blend their naturally positive attitude with a capacity to be with challenge. They can um, bring their creative mindset and their problem-solving ability together with uh, a, an ability to um, feel more deeply into what other people experience, connect more deeply with others, and um, draw more on all aspects of their experience, including their emotional experience, to help them understand what's happening and help them uh, know how to apply their particular gifts. So I hope that you have enjoyed um no, that's not the right thing. So I'm going to say, I want to say a little thing at the end here, just to kind of tie it back into the pandemic and I'll pause. So if, if you want to say anything after that, but if not, we can either go to the top 10, top five or do that another time. Um, but, I'll, but I just want to say this one thing. So I hope you've been, so I hope you've gotten something valuable out of this discussion, especially because of, let me say that again. So I hope you've gotten something valuable out of this discussion of resilience and the nine Enneagram types, especially right now with everything that's going on in the world. There's so many different kinds of challenges, and it really does invite us, this moment invites us to develop a deeper kind of resilience that comes from taking the opportunity of these challenging times to uh, develop new kinds of strengths to access deeper parts of ourselves in order to, you know, deal with the difficulties that are happening in our world today. It's time for our top five. Our top five is the top five strongest Enneagram types. And by strongest, we're meaning types that feel strong on the inside. Now, again, this is personality strength. So we realize that sometimes being strong can ultimately be a weakness, but it's uh, the top five types that feel strong on the inside. 
Yes, I want to emphasize what you've just said, that uh, we are talking about feeling stronger than inside when in the lower dimension of being called a personality, when the person hasn't yet changed more significantly uh, towards essence, right? So if it was uh, feeling strong in the inside in a higher level, like in the higher level resilience, I would say that uh, sixes are would be my top first, but uh, sixes didn't make it to my top five list this time because we're talking about how they are in personality. So what's your number five strongest type? It's type five. I think that fives can be reasonably resilient for the reasons I explained. Uh, especially when it comes to the image of being resilient by other people. And I think that in the inside, fives many times feel strong um, when it comes to knowledge, when it comes to planning, to knowing, to thinking that they know what to do. They are not very indecisive. Uh, they, they don't have perhaps as many doubts as other types, although this can vary among fives. Uh, I think five, that this is why fives are my number five. So my number five is self-preservation nine. And I think this is because I experienced self-preservation nines is very grounded and kind of, it's like a quiet strength, uh, a, a, an ability to kind of um, almost the strength of a mountain to sort of be there and be steady and and deal with different things without being really upset at a deep level. So what's your number four? My number four is type three. And I, I, I did almost everything here only considering type, not subtype. And uh, it's totally fine when we do it differently from the other. Um, I think that threes uh, feel very strong in the inside, never thinking that some, some cause is lost, that they can't make it happen. Uh, so they usually feel strong and when they push emotions away, that keeps them going and uh, doing and they feel strong usually when it comes to that. And they are usually very much energized. Well, my number four is also three. I was thinking a little bit more about self-preservation three and maybe a little bit about social three, uh, but I can think of a lot of examples where um, they're incredibly strong and, and do a lot and withstand a lot of pressure. Um, so, so that was my number four. Now, what was your number three? It's ones in general. I think ones can be very, very uh, strong and feel strong in the inside, but sometimes they mistake that strength uh, for tension or they mistake tension for strength. They are rigid and that can feel like being strong, but it isn't strong. But I, I, I uh, consider more an inner perception of strength. So I think that usually ones think they are uh, strong. And they are actually in many ways because they keep going, they don't give up very easily also. 
So it seems like aside from our number four slot, we may have some differences here. So my number three is, and again, I, I did find myself thinking in terms of subtype, um, but I thought social two would be uh, a strong type. Um, social, some of the social twos I know, they feel a bit like eights. They're especially, they have a kind of iron will. There's a lot of strength inside to kind of do whatever needs to be done, um, work really hard. I see social twos a lot like threes when it comes to working hard. And sometimes I, I notice that people automatically think that if someone's really successful or works really hard, they're a three. And I think a lot of uh, social twos get mixed up with threes in those circumstances. And I see them as being kind of three-ish and kind of eight-ish, especially um, in the way of being strong. It's a very good point that you're making. I agree with you. And uh, yeah, I'll keep that in mind. Social twos, uh, very strong, and I agree. So my number two is nines. I think that nines feel strong in the inside. They just don't show it. They don't just don't talk about it. They don't really allow themselves also to be seen as being too strong, but they know that they can handle a lot. They know that they cope with things that other people don't. They know that they don't bend very easily. So nines in general are my uh, second. And I would agree that probably self-pressed nines, as you said before, are even stronger. So my number two is self-preservation four. Uh, because as, as you and I have seen a lot, self-preservation fours can tend to be very strong in the inside. They can hold a lot of pain. Um, they can work really hard. Um, and often they don't see how even masochistic they can be because they're so strong inside. They just kind of take it as what's normal. So what's your number one? I cheated a bit and I have a draw on number one <laughs> between oh, eights, all oh, three eights and self-press four. I couldn't decide which one I thought was stronger. Um, and I think that eights are naturally really strong uh, and feel strong. They feel invincible, they feel big, and they're usually very self-confident. They go for things and they are like very calm when they're going towards conflict. Uh, so I think it's clear how they, f they feel very strong in the inside. And only when they grow, they start seeing how they can be uh, a bit uh, more fearful or insecure in a few ways. Usually they deny all that and they don't feel that and they see only the, the, the strength part. Now self-pressed fours are also very strong though because they are stoic, they resist pain, a bit, very big pain threshold and uh, they're very different from other fours. But you explain it well. What is your number one? My number one is eights and similar um, for you I um, I had self-preservation fours 
and eights is my strongest, but I didn't cheat like you did. And I put number, uh, my number one is eight. For in, in, You are usually the one who can't decide <laughs> and, and have draws all the time. You're right. I did it just one. So. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I, I, I can, I'm the last person to criticize you for cheating and having a draw. Um, so totally fine with me. And yes, eights for the obvious reasons. I think they're just, you know, they, they definitely feel strong inside. And, and again, sometimes in ways that aren't good for them, but definitely there's a lot of, a lot of strength there in eights. So we want to thank you for listening. Join us again next time for the Enneagram 2.0 podcast, where we talk about all things Enneagram.